We're ripping right along. We're in Genesis 18. That's not bad. When did we start Genesis? <laughs> A few months back, anyway. But anyway, we're in Genesis 18. And in chapter 18, we have Jesus once again appearing to Abraham. It has only been three months at the most since Jesus, the angel of the Lord, has appeared to Abraham. And Jesus has appeared twice before to Abraham in the book of Genesis. In 12.7, God appears to Abram and he promises him the land of Canaan. And in 17.1, God appears to Abraham and tells him that he will have descendants, many descendants, through his wife Sarah. So this morning, let's read about this third appearance by Jesus to Abraham, and that's in Genesis 18, 1 through 15. Then the Lord appeared to him by the Terebith tree at Mamre, and he was sitting in the tent door in the heat of the day. So he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, three men were standing by him. And when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the ground. And he said, My Lord... If you have found favor in your if we have found favor in your sight do not pass on by your servant please let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourself under the tree and I will bring a morsel of bread that you may refresh your hearts and that you may <clears throat> and after that you may pass by inasmuch as you have come to your servant and they said do as you have said so Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah and said, Quickly, make three measures of fine meal, knead it, and make cakes. And Abraham ran to the herd, took a tender and good calf, gave it to the young man, and he hastened to prepare it. So he took butter and milk and the calf which he had prepared and set it before them, and he stood by them under the tree as they ate. Then he said to him, where is Sarah, your wife? So he said, here in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. And behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. And Sarah was listening in the tent door, which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, well advanced in age. And Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, after I have grown old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also? And the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I surely bear a child since I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time I will return to you according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. But, did, but Sarah denied it, saying, I did not laugh. For she was afraid, and he said, No, but you did laugh. In the Middle Eastern culture, being hospitable, being kind to strangers, was very, very important. You didn't dare let a stranger come by your way without taking care of that stranger. And it, it's still kind of true today. They're very kind to strangers. 
Uh, and if a stranger came by, you would do like Abraham is doing here. Abraham runs to greet these three men. And they're traveling, and it looks like they're traveling, and they're stopping at this little uh, shady place, this oasis, you might say. And he says, sit here under the shade of the tree and rest yourselves and let me wash your feet. Uh, and that can be very refreshing, by the way, when you're hot and tired and you've been walking. Uh, have somebody wash your feet with cool water can be very refreshing. But Abraham wants them to prepare a meal for them, for these travelers. He wants to... He has Sarah break some, bake some bread, and he runs and he kills a tender young calf. Now, if you know anything about this, this is going to take a little time. This isn't like uh, you're going to throw it in the oven and it's going to be done. So they're going to have a time to visit. They're going to have a time of fellowship there. And it's going to take several hours for this to transpire. And they sit there in the shade of the Tirbeth tree, and they visit. And then the meal is brought before them, and they eat. In verse 9, the Lord said to Abraham, Where is your wife, Sarah? Abraham gives a simple response. She's here in the tent. And then the Lord proclaims to Abraham, and he knows Sarah is listening. He knows she's there nearby. And he says, I will come back. I will return in a few months, nine months to be exact. And Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. The Lord appearing to Abraham and Sarah before she is pregnant. She's not pregnant as of yet. Back in verse 21 of chapter 17, the Lord declared, Abraham... And Sarah, you shall have a child, and it's going to happen within one year. Now the Lord comes back by again, and he says, uh, it's going to happen, and it's going to happen within a short period of time. Apparently, Abraham recognizes these three men he is entertaining, one of them being the Lord. And in verses 11 and 12, it tells us that Sarah has gone through what we would call menopause. It is no longer humanly possible for her to have a child. So Sarah laughs. Not out loud, but she laughs within herself. And she says, I am old. Shall I have the pleasure of a sexual relationship with my husband who is old also? And the original language in the Hebrew here clearly indicates a sexual relationship between Abraham and his wife, Sarah. And it also kind of tells us this has not happened in quite a while. They don't do that sort of thing any longer. <laughs> okay. But remember, God is himself has just visited him probably within the last few weeks, and he's promised Abraham a son, and now God appears again, and he's basically telling Abraham and Sarah, you're going to have a son, 
And you got to engage in sex to bring about this son. And this is a command by God that they are to do their part in having this child of promise. Sarah even talks about the thought of sexual pleasure between her and her husband. You know, shall I now have the pleasure of a sexual relationship with my husband? And she laughs in silence. But her, her laughter is observed by the Lord. Verse 13, And the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh? Now she hasn't laughed out loud. You might even say, <clears throat> Why, Abraham, does Sarah doubt my words? And then he says, is there anything too hard for God? But we got to think about it. We have to kind of ponder here. Why does the Lord ask Abraham about Sarah? She's a full-grown adult. Why does the Lord ask Abraham about Sarah? Back in verse 9, the Lord said to Abraham, where is Sarah? <clears throat> Now the Lord asks, why did Sarah laugh? But back to that first question, where is Sarah? Do you think God really wonders where Sarah is? I don't think so. I think he knows where she is physically. But Abraham, he responds with, she's in the tent. But that really doesn't answer God's question to Abraham. The question would be more in line with what is going on in the heart and life of your wife, Sarah? What's going on there, Abraham? And why and how is she dealing with the promise of having a son? God wants to know, Abraham... What's going on here in your marriage? God has spoken to Abraham just maybe two months at the most previously, and you're going to have a son within one year. I, in my humble opinion, I think God asked this question because Abraham has failed to share the promise of a son with his wife, Sarah. So now God is asking him, hey, I give you a promise. How's that affecting Sarah? I think a more direct question would have been, have you shared my words with Sarah? And from the language in this passage, it appears he has not shared that with her. He's kind of said, oh, thank you, Lord, for the great blessing. And he's probably spiritualize this whole thought and thing of a son by Sarah. But Sarah is listening, and she's listening from the tent as God proclaims loud enough for Sarah to hear, Sarah shall have a son. And that news causes her to laugh within herself. I personally do not believe Abraham has shared with Sarah God's promise for the two of them. 
this is great news for both of them, for Abraham and for Sarah. But apparently Abraham has now, he hasn't felt obligated to share this news with Sarah. And how often men, husbands, do we in a Christian marriage fail to share the things of God with our wives? Hmm. Could have went all day without saying that, huh? Abraham is to share with Sarah. He's to share God's promise to her because it involves her. This is demonstrated by God when he asks Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? Why is she laughing at my promise, Abraham? And I think Abraham is silent. Men, husbands, we are to be the spiritual leaders in our families. And we must answer to God just like Abraham had to answer to God about Sarah's attitude. We have the responsibility to lead and guide our families into a believing relationship with the Almighty God. That falls on the man. We can't avoid it. Abraham, I, again, I don't believe he's shared with Sarah. So God comes, he makes another appearance, and this time he says to Abraham, hey, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say it loud enough for Sarah to hear right there in the tent what I'm going to do. Men and husbands, listen to the words of God. God asks Abraham, where is your wife? I say to us men, where is our wife? Where is she? And we're spiritually speaking here, of course. Abraham, why is your wife unbelieving and why does she laugh at God's promises? That is what they call the $64,000 question. Unfortunately, years ago I had a, a friend. He was in his mid-40s. And he was still a bachelor and he was very lonely. And my friend would complain, and in particular he'd complain to me about his loneliness and why wouldn't God bring him a wife and this kind of thing. And we would have discussions, and I would say things to him, well, what are you doing to attract a wife? You know, <laughs> you know you're putting this all on God. What are you doing? And basically he was doing nothing to it. But God answered his prayers. Even though he was complaining, God answered his prayers and miraculously brought a beautiful young woman into his life. They fall in love. They get married. And everything seems so good. And a few years go, go by. And my friend comes to me. But he's got a new concern now. 
And his new concern is, is my wife a Christian? He thought she was. But his wife had confessed to him that she doubted the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. And she says, do you really believe that? And so here she was. He thought he had married this fine young Christian gal, and and then he finds out that maybe she doesn't believe. Before they got married, she was a member of a large denomination, so she had a Christian upbringing. But my friend assumed that she was a believer, a Christian. And after they were married, they attended church, a Christian church, And this is where her unbeliefs came to the surface. And now, my friend, he's concerned about her salvation. And he should have been concerned. So I ask him, what are you doing about the questions, the doubts that your wife has? Are you you doing anything about it? Are you praying with your wife? Are you sharing God's word with your wife? And... He couldn't say he was doing anything except attending church with her. He was not meeting the spiritual needs of his wife. And unfortunately, a short while later, they drop out of attending church. And my last contact with my friend, they no longer attended any church. So the question to my friend is the same as God's question to Abraham. Where is your wife? And why does she not believe? I still pray for my friend. And my hope is that he will stand up in his home, in his family, and be the man of God, be that spiritual leader that God has called him to be. That is my hope and my prayer for him. He needs to encourage and lead his wife into a believing relationship with God because God required it of Abraham and he requires it of us men today. We can't get around that. God will not ask my friend any different question than he asked Abraham. Where is your wife? And men... God will ask us the same question. Where is our wife spiritually? We have, as men, the responsibility, the spiritual responsibility for our wives and for our families. You cannot avoid that. It is taught throughout the scriptures. And God has asked Abraham, where is Sarah? Now, we can make all the excuses in the world. Us men, we can. We're very good at it. My wife won't listen to me, Lord. My wife takes the spiritual leadership role in our family, so I let her. Those are weak, unacceptable to the Lord. It's just just that plain. But in verse 14, we have God knowing that Sarah is listening, 
knowing that she has laughed in her heart, God asks another question. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? I think that's a question that we have to look at and maybe answer in our hearts here this morning. Is there anything too difficult or hard for the Lord? Do you limit God in any way in your life? Taking that question in context, is God able to fulfill his promise to Abraham and Sarah? Is he able to give them a child when they're beyond childbearing days or years? And of course, that's a resounding yes. Regardless, in spite of all the circumstances of old age in Abraham and Sarah, God has promised Abraham and Sarah's son, and nothing can stop God from fulfilling that promise. Not even the unbelief of Abraham and Sarah. God is bigger than their unbelief. Look at the details God works out to give them a child, to give them a son. God declares, and this time he declares it where Sarah can hear. I think that's an act of mercy by our God. He comes back. He sees Abraham as falling down on the job. So now he comes back again within three months, same message, and this time he wants Sarah to hear his words because Abraham has failed. And nine months later, Sarah, you're going to have a son. And then in verse 15, Sarah is confronted by God about her unbelief or about her laughter. And she denies and says, I did not laugh. And she does this because she's afraid. And God simply said, no, but you did laugh in the discussion. We're not going to sit here and argue whether you laughed or not. In the discussion, you did laugh. Now, let me speak to the ladies here for a moment. I've kind of hammered on the men. How about it being our responsibility to be that spiritual leader? But hear me, ladies. Sarah denies she laughed. She denies her unbelief. God corrects her. God himself corrects her. No, but you did laugh. And ladies, when we husbands, when we do get up that courage to lead our family spiritually, <laughs> be that helpmate. Be that helpmate to your husband. God desires you to be a helpmate. Be encouraging to him. Be believing. You see, we men folk, we get, we get discouraged <laughs> awful easily. And we even look for ways to avoid stepping up to the plate, avoid ways to be that spiritual leader in our home. It's even been said our fragile egos will sometimes prevent us from being a man of faith. We're afraid that our wives won't 
receive us. And who knows their husbands better than a wife? So you wives, you can be encouraging or you can say things like, well, it's about time you started praying with me. <laughs> or you can be encouraging to your husband. As he tries to share God's word with you, you, you can be, hey, be believing. I hate to say it, but we men, we need to be encouraged. Look at the context here. God sees that Abraham has not shared with Sarah. Makes another visit. Comes by where they are, by the Tirabeth trees. And then he says, where's Sarah? I want to say this in the presence of Sarah, where she too can be believing. Because Sarah has to believe also. God is not content with Abraham just having the promises. Sarah needs to act upon those promises. They have to change their lifestyles. They have to engage in sex to have this child. And for people that are 190, that's not very common. <laughs> so, the mercies of God, the goodness of God, to bring about the promise of a son and to bring it about in two very old people that have passed the age of childbearing shows the love and the mercy of God towards Abraham and Sarah for God wants a people for himself and it will come through this son Isaac that is to be born to them God loves us he makes a way for us and is there anything too hard for the Lord and that is of course no let me get you to stand we'll close in prayer Father God, when we read your word and we come across a passage and that just really speaks to our heart, or when we come across a promise that you have made to us, help us to be believing, Lord. And as a man, I pray for the men of this fellowship. I pray for us as husbands, as the spiritual leader of our home. Lord God, give us the courage to step up and be that man of God in our homes. And I would pray that you would cause each wife and every woman here to be that helpmate to her husband, to encourage him and to be believing. Lord, you want families working together to serve you. You tell us that we're one in your sight. And so, Lord, we thank you for working on both ends. But let us be men and women obedient to you. Thank you for the example of Abraham and Sarah. Thank you for the great work that you did in their lives to bring about Isaac. And Lord, may we look for you to do great works in our lives to bring about your promises. We pray for this and ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen.